0: If you're growing a business or just thinking about launching a startup, this is definitely the podcast for you. This is Fast Forward, brought to you by Tech Manchester. We support early stage tech focused businesses. Each week, we'll dive into the issues that we know keep entrepreneurs awake at night. We'll chat to experts who'll share their tips and advice on how to handle everything from raising finance, making your first hire to getting your company noticed on social media or in the press. Running a business is a roller coaster. It's exhilarating, but it's pretty damn scary at times too. We're here to help you get your business off the ground and hopefully get a better night's sleep. It's hosted by me, Patricia Keating, Executive Director at Tech Manchester. Welcome back to Fast Forward. It's been full tilt at Tech Manchester. We kicked off the week hosting fifty career education, information, advice, and guidance teachers here at UK Fast with our colleagues in the UK Fast Education Trust. We had our Tech class with Fourth Day PR, Nikki Scrivener and Lizzie Woods delivering some kick-ass communications workshop to our entrepreneurs. Followed by a tour with the University of Salford Enterprise team, um, having a look at the way that we do things in UK Fast and in the Tech Manchester Incubator. And we're only midweek. We still got mentor matchup happening tomorrow and Friday, where we've got twenty-five new entrepreneurs about to meet and match with their new mentors. So 50 people over the next couple of days. And then in my spare time, I've actually managed to move house. So um, I think you probably be wondering about this podcast and whether I've had any time to prepare for it. And actually, that's one of the things that we're going to talk about today, because mindset really matters. And whilst I was rushing about and landed back at campus just with a few minutes to spare, meeting Catherine, our guest in the car park, um, I have taken a few minutes to change my state because your mindset really does matter. Whether you're a founder or a CEO or leading an incubator, hosting a podcast, um, or a first day on the job newbie, or would-be entrepreneur. If your mind isn't right, then your decisions aren't right. And with bad decisions comes bad results. So how do you show up every day determines how you tackle the challenges that come your way. So today's guest, Catherine Ead, is an expert in mindset and resilience. She is the founder of Up and Thrive and is motivated by seeing people thrive out of their comfort zone and knowing that she played a part in that journey. Catherine also supports female entrepreneurs and aspiring leaders with the mindset to embrace change and most importantly thrive. So welcome Catherine. Thank you. So we're just going to touch a bit on uh, a little bit about you Catherine. We always like to get an understanding of who's in the chair and um, why we're talking to you about this particular topic And we always start that with asking people about their journey. But your journey means a lot of different things. It means a geographic journey, a career journey, and also your own startup journey. So tell us a little bit about all of that and how that's led you to Up and Thrive.
1: Okay, so I think I'm just going to start with the idea of what I mean when I talk about Thrive. Um, And for me, Thriving is more than just about making money. Um, It's really about making a difference to the individuals and their families and the communities in which we live. And in order to do that, we need the right mindset. We need self-belief. We need uh, resilience. We need to look after ourselves. We need self-care. And looking back over my journey, that's really what's formed the backdrop um, of my career, if you like. So I started my career in the international NGO sector setting up projects all over the world and preparing staff to work on those projects um, in a different cultural context and in diverse teams. And I loved it, but the travel left me feeling really jaded. Um, So I started to look for ways that I could apply my experience and, and what I'd learned and the insights I'd got much closer to home. And I linked up with someone who had really similar aspirations to me. And in 2003, we launched our business. Training and consultancy supporting businesses to make the most of global markets. Twelve years on, two children later, um, the business was um, a great success. I mean, from an outsider perspective, it was it was all you know it was all going really really well. What did it look like from so, an external point of well, view? Well, inbound inquiries, yeah, um, more than enough work, um, flexibility to be there for my children um, when they needed to meet me to be there. Um, but I was firmly in my comfort zone mm. um, and I was probably edging slightly on boredom zone. Okay. Um, and <laughs> big, How do you identify that? <laughs> I, it just got to the point whereby I was doing quite a lot of the same or mm. I was going in front of clients and I was asking them genuinely what their challenges were. But I kind of all, I knew what their challenges were going to be because yeah. I'd seen them so many times. And so it was time for me just to do something new. Um and I'd always wanted to give my children the experience of living in another country. Um, and so in twenty fifteen, when my husband mentioned that his work was looking for people to go to Montreal, I kind of grabbed <laughs> the application form and filled it in for him. It wasn't quite like that, but that's how he likes to tell that's a going deer. Li- yeah, that's how he likes to <laughs> tell. It. So um and then so um we initially went for two years. We ended up staying three. Um, but I worked with a team there to create um the city's first entrepreneurial hub. Um, and when I returned last year, I set up Up and Thrive.
0: Nice. What was that like, that whole kind of transition for you? You know, because obviously you'd lived and travelled um, around on your own and then you had a family and then you've done it again. How, how different was it with children and what were the challenges and the um, experiences that you had there? So
1: um, for me, I think the biggest the biggest difference from from traveling, obviously alone and just packing up a bag and going, and then suddenly um, having people that you're taking with you is is just that sense of responsibility. So you have to invest a lot more of yourself in supporting them with how they're going to manage um, that change, and also when you have got two children with you who are only six and nine, and you've you've Convince them that this is a really good thing for us to do as a family, and that they themselves will benefit from it too. Um, you put, a, you've got to put a lot of energy, energy into actually supporting them and making that happen for them. Mm. Um, so we arrive into Montreal, French-speaking Canada. My children have never spoken French before. In fact, neither have neither really have me or my husband. I've got a GCSE, but I'm not sure that counts. <laughs> I have a GCSE. C. For sure and um, and and we we wanted to put them into a uh, french immersion school yes because that's where we felt they would they would gain the most but that was a big that was a a big challenge um, for two children who'd never spoken french before obviously mm-hmm. um so they really you know we struggled they struggled they struggled to initially to make friends to make contacts to to really kind of find that sense of belonging in that community um, and it was there that I, you know, that that energy had to really be invested. Mm. And I think probably not yet, but perhaps in a couple of years time, those,
0: you know, your kids will be able to look back and realise that you're actually building resilience in them <laughs> um, in terms of that experience that they had at such a such a young age.
1: Yeah, massively. And, and for me, that was a re- that was a, ma- a massive motivator behind it. So they'd both they'd both been born and grown up in Cheshire. Um, and they you know, and they they were very much in a in a quite a safe bubble. Mm. Um, and they they have they've grown masses. Um, they've both come back with a second language. Um, unfortunately, me and my husband didn't, but the children did. yeah. Um, and what they, their confidence is has been and their just their perspective has been massively widened. And so they come back now into um, the UK. My daughter transitioned from primary school to high school. Um, but she's had no issues there in terms mm. of in terms of what that means because she knows, she's confident in what she can do and that yeah. actually she will be able to make friends and make connections with people quickly because she's done it in a country in which she didn't have a common language. Yeah, so she so knows she's can, done it before. Yeah, so, so what knows. can be harder than that? Yeah, no, yeah. exactly.
0: So you returned back to um, the UK, which meant a fresh start for, for everyone, including yourself, and that's when Up and Thrive came into being. Um tell us a bit about that and um what inspired you to launch that business.
1: Um yeah so I guess it's really around that passion around supporting people with mindset and resilience to embrace change and thrive and I think that I'd um I'd obviously and that's what I try and that's what I've really tried to roll into this business. So my why is firmly at the center of what I do with Up and Thrive. I'm I'm passionate about using my experience of change Mm -hmm. um, that I've kind of had throughout my life and obviously most recently in in this experience in Montreal, um, but also of entrepreneurship, um, to be able to offer kind of uh, coaching and consultancy and training, support in whichever form it takes, really. Um, Female entrepreneurs, aspiring leaders, really with that power, so really with that piece around um, knowing themselves, so knowing what their strengths are, the reason that they want to set up in business, which I think gives us a, a kind of a, a point of power, really knowing um, what drives them, um, and being, but also being able to do that in a way that's sustainable, um, being a way that um, they're able to do that consistently and turn up time and time again um, and, and look after themselves and to really build that business or their career success from the inside out. So we are going to talk a little bit
0: about um, ourselves, I guess, in the uh, in the generic sense. Um, we're, we're all really creatures of habit um, and that we, we like to do things the same way you've just described it uh, in your earlier career where you were, you know, finding yourself doing the same thing and, and being in, in that kind of comfort zone. But how do we learn to step outside of it? and also learn to enjoy that experience when we're stretching ourselves, which generally means that we're we're coming up against challenges. How do we do that?
1: Yeah, so I read something yesterday whereby um, the, the top five regrets in later years um, is that people didn't push themselves in the areas that they really wanted to. So they didn't take that job for promotion or they didn't do that physical challenge or they didn't set themselves up in business like they wish they had. And I guess you know, I'd really like to be able to change that. I'd really like that not to, I I don't want anyone to have that kind of regret. Mm. Um, And so with my clients, I often use the analogy of kind of an elastic band. Um, So an elastic band with no stretch isn't really fulfilling its purpose or its potential. Um, And we we need an element of stretch in our lives in order to fulfill, you know, reach our goals, hear new perspective, achieve sort of things that aren't, um, that we didn't think were imaginable, I guess. Um, but I also know from the experience and from, you know, establishing a business and also for going to Montreal, that actually that it's a real bumpy and sometimes really quite scary ride. Um, and so it's really... But I think part of being good at change is actually really recognising that in itself, actually really recognising that change is tough um, and it is quite uncomfortable um, but we need to get comfortable with that, almost with that discomfort a little bit. Be kind to ourselves. Just congratulate ourselves for almost putting ourselves out there, even if it's just dipping a toe
0: yeah.
1: um, out of your comfort zone. You know, congratulate yourself for that. Um, and make sure we put in s- strategies like you say in place to make sure that we don't get overstretched in in the case of the elastic band and and, and ultimately snap. Um so I remember about kind of four months into my time in Montreal, and the euphoria of that kind of just originally arriving was beginning to really wear off. Um, my kids who'd never spoken French before were in French Merchant school. Um, they were struggling, I was struggling too with the homework. Yeah. Um, and I'd gone from being a successful business owner only being to being defined by what my husband um, job. And my days were filled with kind of really tasks around kind of really settling us in. So I spent a lot of time at Walmart looking for different items that we needed around the home. It wasn't really my, it wasn't really my why. Um, And I had a real identity crisis and no support network. So it was tough, but that was where I was at. And this was something that I really wanted to do. Um, And, and so I then had to think about, okay, if this is something that I really want to do, how am I going to make this change work for me? And the, the first piece that I did really around that was actually really sit down and think about, okay, you've got two years here, Catherine. What are you going to do to make that work for you? What do you really want to achieve whilst you're here? Because it's a short time. Um, and really get clear on my vision, if you like, and set that down. And then once I got that, I then started to think about, okay, What's all the things that I need then to achieve it? And little breaking that down into real micro steps. And I think that really helps when we're dealing with a change, breaking things down into actually um, much smaller things that we can try and achieve, the smallest yeah. thing that you can achieve. Um, not letting it becoming too all-consuming. So yes, you're in a new environment, you're about to embrace on change, but thinking about, okay, keep trying to keep some, some sort of sense of perspective around what we're doing. Um, and when I felt that I really couldn't cope, um, or things got particularly tough, I just looked for evidence of where I tackled change before, um, and what I gained at that particular time. And then, you know, three years on, my children can speak French. Um, I can't, um, <laughs> but I've I'm sure you can say a few words. <laughs> but I've established a new business whilst I was out there um, supporting expat partners. To achieve their sense of belonging and regain their sense of identity through establishing their own business, and I've become part of a global network, and I've become kind of you know a, a sought after expert in entrepreneurial mindset. So, you know, out of out of all of that experience, those huge you know mm. those things came, those things came, and and things that I probably never would have imagined at the first uh, as we stepped on that plane for the first time to go to Montreal.
0: Yeah. Um, I've heard you say quite a few times now about your why your reason, and I know simon sinek um obviously is one of the most famous talks on mm-hmm. on books on that um how important is it to find um and understand your why um for your reason for being in business and how vital is that for success? can you be successful without it um or is
1: are the two interlinked so for for me um I don't actually, you ask, can you be successful if you don't know your why? I think you can, but I think it has its limits. Mm. Um, So for me, the why really forms the basis of one of my three pillars. So I have three pillars in the work that I do. Knowing yourself, leading yourself and sustaining yourself. And I believe that when we put time and effort into really knowing ourselves, to really understanding what our purpose and our passion is, that's what gives us power. It gives us power to turn up into our businesses as 100% authentically us um, because it's your why, it's your story, it's it's what people buy, um, whether you, whether they buy it from you as a, as a business owner or whether they buy it from you as an employee in, organi- mm. in an organisation. Um, and it's also what keeps us going when times are really tough. Um, well, you know, when you're that cl- when you're so close to giving up, it's that that kind of kind of gives you that gives <laughs> yeah. you that boost and keeps you going. So, in terms of my kind of, you know, my why, you know, it really saddens me when I hear someone who says, "Oh, I, I, I don't think I can't do that or I won't do that for this reason or this reason." But actually, when you dig down and when you have a conversation with them, you realise that the only re- the only thing that's really holding them back is their fear, might be fear of failure, could be fear of success. It, it's one of the two, but it's usually fear. And yet I know, because I've seen it in my own experience, but also in the experience of others, that actually if they had some support to build on their mindset and their resilience, what they want to achieve is well within their reach. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I, and I that you know, I, I want everyone to have access to the support they need to thrive, whoever and wherever they are. And I guess that's what drives me um, to put myself out there um, and to really push myself to get my message out there and to offer that support. And it's what keeps me going. And I think there's sort of three questions that I would perhaps urge your listeners to ask themselves. That, and they are kind of, you know, what are you passionate about? Why are you passionate about it? And what difference will it make to the world? um and they're not easy questions to answer I realize that but I just think time invested in that to really think about that forms such a great foundation for moving forward um and tackles a lot of that negative self-talk that can come in later down the line if you've already done that piece of work you're already well up there in terms of what you need to do um so I that's what I would sort of challenge your listeners to kind of have a go at that and if they want to share them with me, I'm more yeah, than welcome to listen to Yeah, they can post it and I'm more than happy to listen to them. Um, but I, I think, think they really important. powerful questions.
0: Yeah, and it's important to say that it's okay for that not to be uh, an altruistic passion. Do you know what I mean? I think when people start talking about, like, what are you passionate about? People feel compelled to say, oh, I'm passionate about, you know, the environment or mm-hmm. saving the world or whatever. But sometimes you could just be passionate about Uh, I just, you know, I want to, you know, I'm passionate about my kids and that's I'm interested in my kids, you know, or my dog or whatever it is. And like the impact on the world isn't going to be that you're going to be the next president or, you know, world peace or anything like that. It's fine to be whatever it is. And you should just own that um, and not worry about anybody else's views on it.
1: No, I mean. I really work when I'm when I'm working with people. I do a lot of work around getting people to define their definition of success. Yeah, I'm not interested in what anybody else is doing, and I do a big piece in and around comparisons. Um, it has to be it has to be your definition of success. Yeah, um, and success for me is about you know liking yourself, liking what you do, um, and liking how you do it.
0: Excuse mm. me.
1: <clears throat> so it's not. Um, yeah, it has, and it has to be on your terms. Success on your terms. Yeah.
0: Otherwise, you don't really buy into no. But you mentioned something there because um, it it does happen when you're when you're starting when you're you 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 find out what you're passionate about and you start working towards those things, and it does get a bit hard and the self doubt it just starts creeping in, doesn't it? It starts like getting in <laughs> just in your ear. How do you stop that or can you stop it? And if it does get in, what do you do about
1: it? Yeah. So I I think for me. That limiting your self-doubt is really about resilience. Mm. Um, and the more resilient you are, the better you are then to be able to cope with the change and challenges. And and you can keep that self-belief a little bit more s- intact. Um, being an entrepreneur, it's a roller coaster. It's a huge roller coaster. It's massive highs, it's massive lows. And I guess part of um, my job and, and and people like me is to be able to try and Decrease some of those huge highs and and huge troughs. Um, I think it was probably about two years into my into my business. Um, whilst kind of my friends were continuing on their um, their kind of up the career ladder, mm-hmm. and I suddenly realised, oh my goodness, what, why did I give all that up? I'm sat here. I'm you know I'm two years in. I've got. Barely any clients, barely any money, and yeah. that you know all, for the, people comes, me, yeah. all the people around me. Yeah, all the people around me are you know they're uh. all highly successful. Yeah, um, you know, and I say that in inverted commas. Thanks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the podcast, um, uh. and so I think it was at that point that I realised, okay, there's there's a couple of things going on here. I've got kind of. On one shoulder, I've got kick-ass Catherine, like I like mm-hmm. to call her. And she's kind of, she's out there putting, you know, putting her ideas out there, um, ringing up people, asking them if, she, you know, she can come in and do this, that, and you know, really mm-hmm. kind of keeping that momentum and drive. And then I've got kind of keep quiet, Catherine. Keep quiet, Catherine is a bit <laughs> like, no, 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 you don't really know what you're talking about. Get back yeah. in your box. Shh, no sh- one's really interested. <laughs> yes, exactly. Shh, keep quiet um and um but i'm very conscious that you can allow you know you are in control of these two personas if you like Mm -hmm. um and if you're you know it's up to you to whether which one you allow to take up your time and your energy um and if you end up putting a lot of time and energy into your more negative persona that is the one that will dominate yeah, um, because there's a tendency for that one to dominate anyway. I think it's five negative thoughts to kind of uh, balance out one positive. Um, so, um, or you need what, you know, you, you, that, that's kind of, that's the ratio. So one positive thought
0: will balance out five negative ones. No, sorry. Five positive ones. Yes. We'll balance balance yeah, out so one, one negative, negative
1: one. Yes. Yeah. You need okay. five positive thoughts to balance out one negative thought. So work, work hard at the positive. Exactly. So that's where that, that needs oh. more investment. Is that why you've got your five
0: positive affirmations a day? That yeah. You should, yeah. Okay. So you've
1: got, so you've got, that, that's where you need to invest your time. But the negative, but the negative will always will always be ever more present. Mm. Um, so I think that's you know, and there's things that we can do in things that we can put in place to make sure that we really do that positive. Yeah, we, we you know we we give energy to that real positive um, Even, per, persona. Things like you say, you know, daily affirmations, um, practicing gratitude. So you know, one technique I use, and at the end of every day, three things in a journal to just really think about yep. what, what has what has gone well. Um celebrating successes however small they are because that's what you'll remember. You'll remember when you, you know, you just sat down and had that glass of wine at the, you know when you did something really well mm-hmm. rather than what didn't go quite well. Um and I'm a big believer in asking for help. Um so I'm one person in a business with a certain set of skills. Um but I've really learned over the kind of 20 years of doing this About the power of collaboration. Um, Different. I use different individuals for different support, and I have a wide range of people that I call on. And it's them that you that it's you know if I'm not sure about something or I'm struggling with something, that it's them that I'll call up, and they'll say to me, "Well, do you remember Catherine when you did this? Do you remember how you did that? And you Mm -hmm. know, can't you use that experience there? And that's what then gets me back into kick ass, Catherine. Yeah,
0: I have my. um I have my three things uh, I'm thankful for a journal. I don't
1: write in it every day, though.
0: Okay. Um, find it hard to, not, not to think of three things, but a time, <laughs> time to do it. But it's so really important I moved important it about, it. now it sits in my bedside cabinet. Okay. Because it, it used to sit in the coffee table, and then it just, I might not ever actually get to sit down that day. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> mainly the problem. Yeah. Um, so now it sits in, it's in my bedside cabinet. And, and that you- I just made last night, thank you
1: very much, <laughs> posted on Facebook. I made I- it myself. And And then I'll go into my thanks (laughs) And do you find that that, you know, what what effect do you find that that has? Do you know,
0: actually, the best thing about it is if you pick it up and you look, flick back for a few months and then you read through it and and it it does prompt Mm -hmm. positive memories and you think, oh, that was really good. Because you don't remember those things off the top of your head. But you look back and you'd never be able to write it down three months later because you wouldn't remember. I couldn't Mm -hmm. even remember what I was doing on Monday. I was talking to Sarah. Our podcast, producer. (laughs) just was like I don't even know what I was doing on Monday night. Yeah, Um, so that's actually what I find it really valuable for. So I'd say probably writing it once or twice a week um, is probably my performance in that space. But it's still valuable because I can still look back um, and look at the at the good things that I'm that I'm grateful for.
1: Yeah, and I think that 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 it's that it is that it's that being able to review Mm. review back. That's the really so if, if you you know obviously if you do it seven days and you've written three then you've got 21 things to look back on at the yeah. end of the week which is so powerful yeah
0: yeah and the other thing that you said and you were talking about your kick-ass Catherine and your quiet Catherine um and it's it's that con- keeping that control and it's that awareness as well of knowing that there's those two people I know Steve Peters talks about his chimp you know he yeah. talks about it as his chimp but um, it links very. Ni- it links quite nicely to, um, or not nicely, I suppose. But um, imposter syndrome. Everybody talks about imposter syndrome, and, but most times they talk about it in a negative way. That it is a terrible thing that we all have and we're all, comp- you know, we're all afflicted by. Mm-hmm. Um, but we actually had Vicass Shaw in uh, a couple of months ago, and we talked about that as a topic. And um, we, it was a really interesting discussion because um, we talked about how having imposter syndrome is okay. It's okay because it means that you're pushing yourself. Mm-hmm. You're out of your comfort yeah. zone. Yeah. And as long as you can keep the lid on it and it, that it doesn't take control of you, yeah. um where you're not you're not you know where you're kind of incapacitating yourself because you just everything's going out of control with like all your kind of negative thoughts. Um but if you can keep a control on it, it's this, it's a very similar kind of mindset, I guess, to yeah. what you're what yeah. you're saying. Yeah. Um just seem to be you know that the the two things are, are linked. Pushing yourself out of your comfort zone automatically links to imposter syndrome. That's okay. Listen to your ass, Catherine, and you know keep pushing on.
1: Yeah, I think so. And and like you say, it's kind of making sure that you know. You think of it, even if it, even if you think of it as glass half empty, glass half full. Yeah. You know, it's trying and work, making sure you know you've got to work hard to constantly think that your glass is half full.
0: Yeah. No, definitely.
1: So. Um, managing
0: time—that seems to be a, a big thing—and there's a huge amount of content um, out there. But you actually disagree—is it disagree with it? It's kind of disagree. With I it. Don't,
1: yeah, I don't know whether I disagree yeah. with it. I just—I just perhaps I see it from a, through a slightly different perspective. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so do you want to explain about that? Because you think it's
1: more about energy. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So what do you tell us? What your thoughts are on that?
1: So um, I spent a lot of time working in Africa. Um, where they have a really different sense of time. Time is much more circular um, and it's seen as much more plentiful. Um, and I love I love that approach to time. Um, and it's something that I've kind of tried to adopt. Um, and it was great today, quite refreshing in fact, to um come into the to the kind of the UK fast building today and, and be able to have a bit more of a chat with you before we kind of started. It wasn't like, yep, yeah, get in, get your headphone on and off yeah. we go. Um because that's the kind of expectation I think. But that's quite hard to do in in a society that's quite sees time as quite linear and quite scarce, and we're constantly quite busy and time something to be managed. And like you say, there's loads of content out there about how to be more productive and manage time and keep being busier and busier. Um, So that then started me thinking, okay, that's probably not going to work. But what about if we reframe that and start talking about energy instead? Um, So because energy is something that can be expanded. Um, it can be depleted too, but it can be expanded. So if we understand what gives us energy and what depletes our energy, then we can be, I think, more productive. Um, So I know, so if I take that to my own um, experience, I know, for example, that I'm a morning person. I'm really, really good in the mornings. Um, I also, I'm also very aware of the activities that I have to do in my day and what takes most energy. So I know that if I'm going to... Um, speak at an event or I've got to go in front of a client in a meeting that's going to take more energy than sitting at my computer writing a blog or Mm -hmm. doing my accounts for example Um, and so that's how I try and organize my diary if possible I try and do you know the bigger stuff in the mornings and the smaller stuff in the afternoons Um, and then I'm also aware of having different ways to recharge so I do a lot of running um, but sometimes I just don't quite have enough energy to run you know we we have batteries. So we yeah. have kind of a you know, a mental battery, an emotional battery, a physical battery. If one of those is really low, it has an impact on all three of those. Um so sometimes if I've been doing a lot of kind of real mental work, I don't have the battery. I don't have the physical battery to be able to go out running. And so I adjust that and have to go for a walk instead. And that's really all I mean in terms of the concept between managing time yeah. over managing energy energy really. Um and I think, for I guess, for those who are listening, for those of you that know me, who are probably listening to this podcast, um, they'll know that um, my determination to succeed sometimes really overrules that approach. Um, and I find myself, you know, I, I <laughs> I'm I, listening to you, God, I totally relate. I totally relate. I'll, I'll give you a story afterwards. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I, I have <clears> this. <throat> my my children, I have this saying. You know, I'll just.
0: Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll just I'll, do this and then I'll, I'll stop. Yeah, I'll just, just do this yeah. and then I'll, I'll stop. I'll
1: just log on and quickly finish that because if I finish that then that will free me up. So yeah. I'm so I am guilty of of doing that. Um even though I know if I, you know, switched off, took a break <laughs> and tackled it in the morning, I would yeah, be but so I understand. much better at it I But understand. it's very hard. Yeah,
0: you can't switch off because no, you need, need to, to do, do that. that and if you do that then you can
1: switch exactly. off. Exactly. So I get I, it. Yes, <laughs> yeah. So I'm so but I am getting better apparently. Yeah. No, oh, I am. I am getting better at not working kind of a hundred percent ten percent all the time, yeah. and I'm um, recognizing that switching off can be as important and as powerful as getting things done yeah um so yeah I, I put it out there, try it, try it, have a go, see if you can manage energy over time for a day, two yeah. days, and see what impact it has. Let me know.
0: You know you've just described. Me in how you've described yourself. <laughs> Everyone knows that I'm a morning person. I'm in the gym at six forty-five most mornings. Um, but you're right about the energy levels. And um, so, um, if you are the um, in terms of my house buying journey has been uh, noted in this podcast over the last couple of weeks. So um, I got the keys to the house last Tuesday, and then so I've just been busting myself to try and get in um, because I'm kind of up against the deadline to get out of my flat to get into the house, okay. but it's like a new build. Yeah. So I totally broke myself over the weekend. And so Monday morning, I'm normally in the gym and I just was so exhausted Sunday night. I was like, I literally, I don't have, like, I'll make myself sick if I go to the gym mm-hmm. trying to do what I normally do as well as all this. So I didn't go. Um. And then we had two big events and the tour that talked about at the start of the show. And then I was heading back to the house to going to B and Q actually, and then going to the Manchester City um, Startup Challenge. And I knew we woke up on Monday morning, and my glands were up, and I was coming down with tonsillitis. So oh, rang no. Push Doctor. Thanks, Push Doctor, <laughs> for the pe- for the penicillin. And I thought I cracked it on the head, and but woke up Tuesday morning, everything poof, everything blew up, just feeling horrendous. And uh, yeah, so it's just been it's just your body telling you that yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, you're you're. Done. <laughs> yeah, we all have
1: limits, price don't and we? Burden. And it's recognizing where they are. Yeah.
0: yeah. But sometimes, as you said, the determined the determination to succeed to get something done, you just push through it, and you know that you're paying that price. Yeah. You know that you're paying the price that you're going to suffer. You're going to your energy is going to be low. You're probably going to make yourself sick, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, etc. Cetera, et cetera. But it's it's a choice, and it's being aware of those things rather than doing it. and going. Why have I ended up this yeah, way? Yeah. Yeah. You know, sure. I knew that yeah. that's what it what it took. Um, And my sister, who kindly helped me out last Wednesday night, getting the first painted coat on two rooms. Originally, we were going to do three, but um, I worked out we didn't actually need to do the third one. So we were like, hooray! Um, She was like, we'll just get it done. Like, whatever time it takes us to, if we're going to do the three rooms, we're just here until we get it done. And, you know, that's it. You just make those informed choices. But it's being aware, putting um, things in place to manage that, and also the recovery at the end, because what's the worst thing that's going to happen? It's gonna. you're aware of it I'm going to get sick well then I'll recover and I'll get better and I'll mm-hmm. put those things in yeah, place yeah. so in terms of those people who are sitting out there um, who are sitting in a little comfort zone and um, are thinking about that they should be doing something um, but they haven't quite done it yet what would be your sort of advice to them in terms of how they could go about taking that leap of faith for the first time and pushing themselves out of their, out of their comfort zone
1: the big question I would ask them is um, what is it that you're really afraid of? So what fear, and I kind of use the, you know, fear stands for false evidence appearing real. So <laughs> yeah, very good. what false evidence yeah. that appears real to you mm-hmm. is holding you back? Yeah. So that would be my first question. Yeah, like bungee d- jump. I'm, write,
0: I'm, going write, gonna I'm going to die, you're not going to die. I'm going to die, you're not going to die. So, yeah,
1: yeah get, that, get that out of your head and get that written down, first mm-hmm. of all. Um, and then, and I'm sure you know when we think these things through, you know there'll be some real there'll be some real things, some real challenges in there that will you know. So going from um, having a secure salary to setting your, up your own business, there's there's a, there's a real fear there in terms yeah. of you know okay, well what, how am I going to make ends meet? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not proposing yeah just do it and it will all work out. That that's not appropriate either. Yeah. Um, so write those down, and then think about okay that's my list that's what's holding me back and if we take the kind of if we take the kind of lack of income example um then what could you do to mitigate against that so okay mm-hmm. that's a risk but what have you got in place that you could actually you know that would help you that help that not be quite so scary so have you got some savings could you um you know uh, downsize in terms of your own expenditure and your yep. expectations so you know could you Get rid so of the how, car. Get rid of the car. What can reduce you do? Your car. Yeah, exactly. What can you do to? What can yeah. you do to actually? Are you um, investing money in sort of,
0: you know, beauty treatments? Can you exactly? Can you cut
1: your cloth a little bit? Because they're expensive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: <That's> <laughs> expensive. Maintenance, I call it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like expensive.
1: So can you cut your cloth? Basically, yeah. how can yeah. you cut your cloth?
0: What's more important? Yeah, I think have to yeah. reaffirm. Yeah,
1: and then and then I th- and then. And then, okay, so you've got, you've got what you're afraid of. You've got how you could potentially overcome it. Mm-hmm. But I think for me, and I think this is the most powerful question, is what it, by not doing it, what are you giving up? Mm. So by not taking that, you know, almost like what's, that, what's the worst that can happen really? Yeah. But what's, what actually is, are, you not, are you not gaining by not doing that mm-hmm. thing? yeah? And try and quantify that. Yeah. Try and put that into some sort of, you know, quantifiable measure um, and see where that takes you. See if that takes you anywhere further forward to taking that leap.
0: Yeah, well, I can attest it, to that. It, it usually does. <laughs> yeah, most of my best outcomes or decisions have come from asking myself that question, like, what's the worst that's going to happen? That's mm-hmm. how I ended up launching my startup back in Northern Ireland. Okay. how I ended up in in Manchester instead of Dubai, mm-hmm. you know, all of those types of things. Um, but what about when it is uh, it is on the other side? So we've taken that brave step. You know, we're we're entrepreneurs now. We've had a go at starting a business. and um, But things are starting to get tough. So how do we, what's your advice in terms of how do you keep going and, uh, and enjoy the journey, most importantly, or keep enjoying it? Because you wouldn't have started the business if you didn't love whatever it was that you were starting out to do. But... It's hard to keep that level of love when, you yeah, know, it's it getting is. really tough. You yeah. know that because you've done your own yeah. business.
1: Yeah, it is because I think you start um, with optimism and motivation. We enter into, you know, like mm-hmm. you say, you don't you don't go into a business because you don't really want to do it. You passionately want to do it. Yeah. Um, but it doesn't mean to say, and you you know, you've done all the work around your why, and you know this is really what you want to do. Yeah. But actually, you've still got to live it. Yeah. Um, And it takes traction to get a business up and running, you know, average three years. So how are you going to manage that three year period and and really, like you say, enjoy that, enjoy that journey? Um, I think there's there's a few things. There's probably loads of things I could say about that. But I think the key takeaways for me from that is, you know, really invest in your mindset because that is your biggest asset. Um, Visualization, journaling. Um, having a set routine all things Mm -hmm. that really keep you accountable and focused motivated and that will minimize that kind of self-talk that we've talked about um so i think that that's a that's a big thing for me um kind of slowing down i slowing down and being able to also switch off so i think when you set up your own business, it can be all consuming, but you can also get very caught up in this sense of urgency. So I've got to do this now and this now and mm-hmm. this now and this now. But it can't actually you can't do all of it now. Immediately. Yeah. yeah. You've got to have you've got to prioritize. Be able to have, so so you've got to be able to prioritize and you've got to also make sure that within that You're finding time to look after you because you are also the biggest asset within your business.
0: And you're not, you're not, you were talking earlier about identity. So you're not just the kid's mum, you're not just your husband's wife. Yeah. You're not just a business owner. So I think it's important to. Not have is it all have all of your identities, but have other identities not just be defined by one thing because yeah. that one thing could get taken away yeah. uh, for whatever reason. And then you, what are you, what are you left with if you don't have if you're defined by only just one thing? Mm-hmm.
1: So Yeah, for sure. I often talk about this idea of kind of, you know, if you can imagine your life as a bit like a pie or a cake mm, or whatever yeah. whatever you kind of whatever your, whatever, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whatever your bad treat is. <laughs> But actually, you need to then look at okay, if, if I've got that, I've that's me and that's my pie. And how am I going to divide that up? Because the pie, is, the pie isn't getting bigger. Yeah, the pie is just the pie. Yeah. So you need to then think about okay, that's you know I, I do need twenty five percent for that and twenty five percent that mm. leaves this. And how am I going to use that? So that actually yeah. you're getting like you say a holistic picture. Yeah. Um. Of oh, what's I like the going pie on. analogy. Yeah. Yeah. Of I like what's that. Going on. Um. So slowing down and um, and then I, my mother real biggie is just don't go it alone. You know, Find link into things like uh, hubs, mm-hmm. um, find a mentor, find a coach, um, f- make sure you've got a good support network that's out there, that the people that are going to be able to give you a boost along the way. Um, Recognise that you need different people to support you, mm-hmm. probably at different points and possibly yeah. with different things. So you will probably have someone out there who's, you know, really good at keeping you accountable um, and keeping you kind of on track. They're probably not the same person who's going to be really good at celebrating your success with you. So, you know, find your party animal to do your success. <laughs> <laughs> find your person who's kind of a bit yeah. better at beating you with a stick to keep you accountable. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of like there's different different people have different personalities and are good for different things. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and don't get that too confused um but um so yeah did that that kind of really finding allies and, and not doing it alone yeah and I think the last the probably the last thing um is really around that piece around just being patient actually it does building a business does take time um and yeah. as much as it's always twice as long as you'd yeah matter, and as much as, as we see sort of banded about there you know this sort of idea of kind of overnight success. yeah it, it it's Amazon not, it's is not, not an it's overnight It's not a success. reality. It's not a reality. <laughs> yes. and, I, yeah. and I'd love to see a little bit more talk around that in terms yeah. of, you know, the kind of the real, you know, the real entrepreneurial journey that people yeah. have actually been through. Oh, yeah. Don't um, get me on I'm a
0: pet subject. Hustle <laughs> porn. I hate it. Oh, I'm up at like three o'clock in the morning. I'm doing this, making millions and I did all this. Yeah. Like, no, just you know just talk about what it's really
1: like yeah yeah
0: yeah so stop working us all under the ground thinking Mm. that it's going to happen overnight if we do
1: all this crazy stuff yeah no it's not going to happen you're just going to get overwhelmed and burnt out and you're not going to achieve success or sustainability no and
0: if you're not going to be any good to the people that are eventually going to work for you either so you need to be resilient for them yeah um i've thoroughly enjoyed this talk i feel like i'm talking to my reflection uh, every time (laughs) you answer the question It's quite funny. Um, and it sounds like we both know what we should be doing, and we do take some of our own advice, but then <laughs> burn through the rest of it regardless. Um, but, you know, I think that definitely always starts with awareness, and hopefully, we have um, shared a little bit of that um, for you today. Um, if you are struggling at the minute and finding it tough to go, uh, tough going at the minute in your own entrepreneurial journey, Hopefully that's given you a few extra tips and um, will hopefully give you a better night's sleep. Thank you.
1: Thanks.